Hey, Mountain. It's good to see everybody. Glad you're with us. If you're a guest, super glad. You picked a great day to be at Mountain. Really glad you're here. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here. Hey, as we get started today, welcome to everybody at all of our campuses and online. I know you're joining us from different places. I want to tell you, did, did you hear about the, the artist, this painter, who had 15 uh, paintings in this gallery? He was hoping to sell them. So he stops by the gallery after a while, and he says, hey, how's it going? Is anybody expressing any interest in my paintings? And, and the gallery owner says, well, I, I, I guess I've got, you know, some, some good news and some bad news. And he said, well, what's the good news? He says, well, there was a guy who came in, and he asked all about your paintings. And then he asked me a question. He said, does the value of the painting increase after the death of the artist? And I said, well, of course it would. It would escalate significantly. He said, okay. And he bought all 15 of your paintings. So that's the good news. He said, that's fantastic. What's the bad news? He goes, well, the guy was your doctor. So, you know. I don't know how you're feeling about your future. But what you believe about your future means all the difference in the world today, doesn't it? How you think, how you envision your future. Future is either like a runway that's wide and open and you feel like you can just take off like a plane or it feels closed and crowded and, and small and your future doesn't feel very bright. What you believe about your future has everything to do with how you feel about everything today. And what really boils down to is hope. When a person doesn't have hope, game over. That's why marriage is crap. You know, it's like when the hope is gone, the marriage is gone. It's what depression will do to you. It'll, it'll, it'll make you not have hope. It's suicide rates are skyrocketing a lot. One of the common factors in this crisis is hope and belief about the future. The picture we have of the future is so, so, so important. I think this is why Dante, in his classic piece of literature called The Inferno, he pictured hell as this cave-like place, and over the entrance he had the words, abandon hope, all who enter here. Because that's what it is. When you don't have hope, you might as well be in hell. You are in hell. That's why. What we're talking about in the recent weeks at Mountain is so, so, so important because God doesn't make us to live with a shriveled up sense of ourself and our future. He makes us to live in a way so we're really flourishing, what the Bible calls shalom, like the deep peace of God. God wants us to live that way. And you don't get there with no hope and you don't get hope without what we've been talking about in recent week and that is the blessing. The blessing. It's this idea that, man... The blessing is, is when the people around you give you, you, you're affirmed for who you are. You know that you're welcome and wanted in the world. You get unconditional love, and someone says, you know what, God and I think you're awesome, you're beautiful, you're amazing, and you've got a future. We've been talking about that blessing, and that blessing is something every one of us longs for, and when you receive the blessing in life, man, it, it, it like puts a deposit down inside a person that makes you stronger for your whole life. In so many ways, and you can just be a person who's able to love God and love people and serve the world because you receive that blessing. And we've talked about how this blessing is this biblical concept. It's there in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all through the Old Testament, right? But now all of us can receive the blessing because of the way God's done things through Jesus Christ. Everyone can receive the blessing, and every one of us is also capable and called to give the blessing to others around us. It's really, really a cool idea. And so we've been talking about some of the elements 
of blessing, trying to encourage each other. Man, how could you be giving the blessing to the people in your life? And some of the elements we've talked about in recent weeks, we talked about meaningful touch and how important that is in our society and what that means. We've talked about the power of spoken words. That hole in your face has the power of life and death. Our words are powerful, aren't they? We talked just last week about attaching high value to help someone see, man, you're valuable, you're worthwhile, with words that are genuine and evocative and hopeful, which leads perfectly to the fourth element we're talking about today, which is picturing a positive future for someone. Just like painting a picture of the future that helps them believe there's something worth living into, helping them see who they really are in God's eyes. And this is, when you think about it in the Bible, God does this for us and his people all the time. He pictures a positive future, doesn't he? So many times in Scripture, you've got like God's people, they're living in a terrible situation, and God comes in, and he pictures a different kind of future and get to get them through. So they're out in the middle of the desert and the wilderness, wandering around, lost, and God's like, I haven't given up on you. Don't worry. I'm here. I'm with you. We're going to the promised land. Pictures a positive future. Or even at the, uh, the book of Revelation is all about picturing a positive future for God's people, even though sometimes we live in really difficult circumstances. Or when the children of Israel were in exile, okay, they were living in a, they were far away from home, they were feeling punished, they were feeling like everything was screwed up and life was rough and tough, and a great scripture for us to remember when life is difficult and circumstances are bad is the same word that God gave to the prophet back then, words a lot of you know from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God says to to people who are in tough circumstances, listen, I know you feel like there's no hope right now. I know you feel like there's no future, but I know that the plans I have for you are for good and not for disaster, because I want to give you what? A future and a hope. That's what God does. Picturing a positive future for someone does for them what a cocoon does for a caterpillar. You know what I'm talking about? You look at a caterpillar, it's just like nothing but a, not an attractive, it's just a little worm, slimy little slug-like thing. But you put it in a cocoon and you give it time to develop, Right? In the safety of that cocoon, something eventually can emerge. That's what picturing a positive future can do for a person, for a child, for your spouse. That transformation. In the Greek language, it's the word metamorphosis. And that's the word that the Bible uses, like in Romans 12, when it says, you know what? The world is trying to... There's such a negative influence all over... in in the world, trying to press on kids and everyone and get you to squeeze you into its own mold. But don't let that happen to you, Paul says. No, no, no. Instead, don't be squeezed into the world's mold. Instead, you can be transformed. There's the word. How? He says, by the renewing of your minds. When you get the right stuff in your mind, that's how you can experience real change and transformation in your life. And that's the key to the blessing is helping plant in someone's mind a clear message of the truth of what God sees in them, of their potential, of their value, of their worth, of their beauty. So when a person is used to looking in the mirror and seeing nothing but a slimy slug, you create a cocoon that helps them believe that their future is what God sees it to be, and you will see change and transformation when you talk to your spouse, when you talk to your kids, when you talk to those you love in that way. And each of us, is called to kind of weave a cocoon for people that will help them become who God meant them to be. My hope is that you will take this to heart and think of the people that God has placed in your life, your kids, 
your grandkids, your stepkids, your neighbors and friends, your siblings, your parents, your nephews and nieces, and that you'll say, God, help me to weave a cocoon for them so they can emerge and grow and be transformed into the person that has a positive future, even if they don't know it right now. I hope you'll take that to heart. But here's where we're going with this today. I actually hope you'll do a lot more than that. I hope that you will give hope and a future to those who are close to you, but I hope that you will also do something so Jesus-like today, and that is I hope you'll give hope and a future to a child who's living in poverty. That's what I hope today. To a child whose future is at risk. A child who is like a caterpillar exposed without a cocoon right now and who won't develop without some help. What am I talking about? We're going to do something big today. I'll get to that. Let me first just say there's a secret ingredient before any of this even makes sense. There's a secret ingredient that sort of is necessary before we move even one inch further. And it's, you know what it is? It's, it's compassion. Would you say that word with me? Compassion. It's a powerful word even to say. Compassion. And when you look at Jesus and his life, it's kind of hard to miss the fact that his whole life was kind of marked by compassion, wasn't it? I don't know what people would say about you, like what's the top three things that are true about you, but for Jesus, it was definitely one of the main things you would say about Jesus is he was marked with compassion. Like in Matthew 9, 36, these, there's masses of people, and when Jesus looks at them, he doesn't see masses of people. It says when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them. Another time in Matthew 15, 32, there's all these needy and hungry people who are gathered around. The disciples are like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. Send them away. And Jesus says, no. He says, he had comp- I have compassion for these people. Let's feed them, he says. And later in Matthew chapter 20, there's a couple of blind beggars by the side of the road. And they're calling out to Jesus. They're invisible. They can't see people and no one sees them. You know those kind of people? And... They call out, and it says in verse 34 that Jesus had compassion on them too. So whether it's invisible people or crowds of people or needy, hungry people, Jesus kind of oozes this compassion. So it's interesting, isn't it? When you think of, you say, well, I'm a Christ follower. It means, or if I'm a Christian, I'm a member of a church. What that means is you're saying, I'm trying to pattern my life after Jesus, and Jesus is oozing compassion. It means there's something for us to do to grow in our compassion, which is why so I think it's just important because we live in a, in a jaded, cynical, uh, protective society where we're not necessarily given to compassion. And so I think this is why Colossians 3.12 says basically, this is exactly what we need to do. Paul says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, you, you've been loved, you've been blessed, you've been given the blessing. What are you supposed to do? He says, clothe yourselves with compassion. Wrap yourself up in it. So like when you walk in a room, people see what clothes you wear. Like when you walk in a room, let people see compassion. Clothe you, don't clothe yourselves with Lululemon. Don't clothe yourself with L.L. Bean or Ralph Lauren. You know, he's saying clothe yourselves with compassion. And there you go. So I don't know about you, but I feel like I got a lot of work to do in this area. I don't know that anyone listing my top three traits would list compassion as one of them. So I'm, I need to work on that. In fact, I got to thinking about this. You know, I've been pretty hard on, like, Ravens fans over the last several years and <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler people and Eagles for beating up on the Vikings this last year. And I got thinking, this would be a great opportunity. We're talking about compassion, maybe to find something nice to say. 
about those people, but I couldn't think of anything, so <laughs> maybe next week. Except, except maybe this, except maybe this. I would just say, Eagles fans, of all the teams in the NFL, you guys are one of them, and that's about as much as I got for you right here. Hey, I think I got some work to do on growing in compassion. I'll bet you do too. I'll bet you do too. And I want to give you a specific opportunity to grow and stretch in that area today. And we're going to do it in a way that will make a huge impact all across the world. So globally, right now, there's about a billion people who live in what's called extreme poverty. Extreme poverty um, is basically those who are living on about a dollar and a quarter or less every day. Less than a dollar and a quarter per day. Extreme poverty is not really just about the money, though. It's about lack of opportunities and choices. It's about lack of hope. It's about no future. That's really what poverty does. Now, it's probably interesting for a lot of us to realize the situation is actually getting better globally. There is less extreme poverty today than there was a few decades ago. We're, we're gaining on this. It's good. But there still remains about a billion in extreme poverty, and a boatload of those are kids. And the kids are always the ones who are at the bottom of the food chain. They're the most vulnerable, and they pay the highest price. Extreme poverty means you don't have access to nourishing food. It means you don't maybe have access to safe drinking water. It means that you don't have the privilege of education or education past third or fourth grade, maybe, or even things that we would consider very basic health care. And it starts to shrink your future. So, for example, kids in extreme poverty can have routine problems like we would have, like diarrhea or a simple infection, and you go to CVS and, you get, and it's done, you never think about it. And, and those kinds of things are killing kids, stupid stuff like that, because of the poverty closes down your options and your future. You don't have access to those things. It's kind of the exact same situation when Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion on them. Now, let me just say, I, let me just say, I think I know what some of you are thinking, so let me anticipate that a little bit and say, you know what? There are so many serious needs, some of you are saying, right here in our own backyard. You know, we need to pay attention to what's happening in our cities and our neighborhoods, and that's right. You know what? If you've been around Mountain at all, you know, you know how devoted we are to meeting those needs right here at home. And you know how involved we are with things like blessings in a backpack that put food in kids' backpacks and send them home on a weekend, or Tabitha's house, or Hartford Family House, or um, Extreme Family Outreach, or the Epicenter, uh, and all kinds of stuff. You, you know all that. So you don't even need to say, why don't we, we need to do something close to home, because you know what? We are, and we will, and we must. But hear me on this now. A church, or a Christian who doesn't at the same time lift their sights beyond the immediate context and see the world that Jesus sees and see everyone to the ends of the earth for whom Jesus died is not a church that looks anything like Jesus. That is not a Christian who looks anything like Jesus until you lift your sights. God so loved the world. So it's a global deal we're part of. That's why when we talk about unleashing love at Mountain, we're always saying, we're going to do it here, yes, but there and everywhere as well. Here, there, and everywhere. It's just really, really important that we get that right. And here's the truth of the matter. Kids who are living in extreme poverty and in some of these other regions of the world we're talking about have far greater vulnerability because they do not have access to some of the most basic things that even the poorest of the poor in the U.S. do have access to. So you got millions living in extreme poverty. And just one more stat. 
about 18,000 kids will die every single day from just preventable poverty-related stuff. 18,000 a day. It's like 900 in the time that we'll be sitting here talking about this. Kids dying. All right, so that's all that's really heavy. And it's a lot of stuff. What do you do with all that, right? It's hard, you know, to hear all that. And it can be kind of overwhelming, almost like shuts some of us down, almost paralyzing. Like we get these messages that start coming up in our heads. Psychiatrists call it psychic numbing because we just protect ourselves. We block it out. We're like, and we start telling ourselves, what can I do about that? Or that's just the way the world is. Or it's not my problem. Or, uh, you know, I'm just one person. Or we're just one church. We're not going to solve child poverty by hearing a sermon on it. We're not going to solve child poverty. You know what? That's true. But we can solve it for one kid. We can solve child poverty for one kid. And we can solve extreme poverty for a family. And you know what else? We can solve, this is a fixable problem. We can fix this for an entire village or community. We can make an incredible impact on an entire country. We can. We can make a significant dent in an entire region of the world. And I believe that's exactly what God is calling us to do. We are blessed to be a blessing, to give the blessing, to picture a positive future and weave cocoons, not just for our own, but for the, ch- the children around the world. So, you know, Mountain is a missions church. We care about what's going on around the world. One area, we focus on lots of areas. One area we're going to talk about today is South America, the western tip, particularly, specifically Ecuador. And like any developing country, it's got its issues. You know, it's got some drugs. It's got some displaced people. And it's got some, all this stuff going on with corruption. About 70% of kids that live in rural areas of Ecuador are living in poverty. Big problem. Does anybody know we also have a big God? Because we do. A God who has created lots of doorways in the world through which he intends his love to move, to be unleashed, and we can make a difference for kids in Ecuador and kids in South America by weaving some cocoons. I want to tell you about some three kind of primary things that are opportunities before us today, and it begins with child sponsoring, sponsoring children through Compassion International. Compassion International Uh, works with and through local churches on the ground all over the world, but particularly in the area we're talking about, they're very effective. And what they do is they provide an amazing, holistic, Christ-centered ministry. It's a service that ends up helping children in their whole lives and eventually their whole families, and it's amazing. You might remember how Mountain has been talking about in recent years how we have been able to partner with Stadia Church Planting Organization, and compassion to go together to launch new churches, and we've done three of those in South America. And these churches then become the centers. They're called child development centers. The church then becomes the place where these kids literally come out of the woodwork from the jungle. Once they get into the program through sponsorship, they're able to come. I'm going to show you, first of all, where they are. I'll show you a map here. Here's South America. 
unleashed love in South America, led to, to uh, some of these. You can see Ecuador and Peru there. Uh, Peru's in the green. All right, a little zoom in a little closer. And here are, the, here are the centers and the churches that we planted here as mountain as part of unleashed love. So you can see there in Peru down below in the south, Sapayanga, I think it's pronounced. There's another uh, center in the mountains in Guaranda and then another one in the midst of the jungle in Palora. I was there this week. And when I, I got to just tell you, I've been to these locations like four times now. I can't tell you, I, I just want to tell you firsthand I've seen this model that compassion uses works. I've seen it long term. I've seen it up close. These, these churches then become, they house these child development centers where children in the program receive education they would not receive otherwise, which opens up a little more future for them. Uh, they receive nourishing food, access to clean water, access to health care, all at the hands of loving tutors and teachers, volunteers and pastors who are weaving a cocoon to build a future for them. It's powerful to see. It's powerful to see. And the best part for me is that it happens kind of through the local church, and Christ is at the very center of it. Folks, we can meet physical needs all day long, and it would be a good thing. But if we don't also meet their spiritual needs, if we don't give these kids the opportunity to know and love and follow Jesus and have a relationship with him, then we can fill their bellies and make them successful in some career. But you know what? They're still going to be empty in the way that matters the most. So we've planted these churches with stadia and compassion. And I was down there this week, the one that we just planted, the one uh, that I'm going to show you a picture of later, 400 kids. Amazing. Vibrant. Centers of activity. We want to give every kid a chance to be part of a center like that. So here's, here's the deal. Several of us have sponsored kids already down in those regions. Here's what we need to do now. We need to sponsor every available child in the centers that we have planted and established. We started these centers. We need to finish up, and we need to sponsor the kids so they can benefit from what's going on there. That's several hundred more. And then we need to sponsor several hundred more kids in the surrounding regions who are waiting, hoping, and praying that someone will help them move forward. It's pretty, pretty cool and powerful. Um, Stadia, first-rate church planning organization. I know the leader, the leader, all the leaders of that organization really, really well. First-rate. I want to tell you about Compassion International. First-rate. A lot of you already know and trust them because you've heard of them. You know they've been around 65 years making a huge difference all over the world. And their mission statement is releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. That's awesome. And they're doing a great job of it. They're effective. And what we want to do today is this partnership that we've established in these three places, catapult it forward with an unusual expression of vision and compassion and generosity and love and blessing. Today, we're going to do that. Maybe you saw in the news there's this high-profile TV preacher that was saying he's raising money for a new jet, his third jet. He needs a third jet, apparently. And he was like, you know, maybe you saw this in the news. And I loved his phrase. He's raising millions of dollars for a third jet. And he says, uh, he says, I'm believing God for this jet. Okay. You go, buddy. Well, I'm believing God, too. And, and, and it's not for a jet. <laughs> um. I believe God wants us and has enabled us to sponsor 1,200 kids at Mountain this weekend. 
and Monday at, at Abingdon. I believe that that's what God wants. And we can change the life, not only of a child, but their family, a community, a village. And if we did that, it would make an impact on an entire region of the world. It would be powerful. For $38 a month, you can sponsor a kid, and it will legitimately lift them out of poverty and transform a life. You can see at all of our campuses right now around the perimeter, you see the faces of kids. They're from Ecuador. They're from these centers. They're from the surrounding areas. They're kids who need sponsorship. And if we could just go with a little less, they could have so much more and a positive future. I'm going to just make sure you realize how cool it is if you do sponsor a kid. There's a relational dynamic that begins that I think surprises a lot of people. You get attached. I'll warn you. You develop a relationship. And now Compassion has this app. So it's like literally you just go to the app, type your stuff in, and I can write a letter to my kid in about one minute. I don't have to find the address and write something and think to be creative. I can download a picture of my family and send it. I did it you know, yesterday. It's like that. It's super easy. And guess what? They're getting those letters. I've been in their homes. I see the letters I wrote a year ago. They're on the wall. And then, and then they will write you back, and they'll ask you questions. And you develop this relationship. And, and I've sat with kids who have graduated out of the program, who for years benefited from a sponsor, who will tell you, man, my life was difficult, it was hard, and they'll tell you that, but they say, you know what made the difference is the sponsor believed in me, loved me, wrote me those letters, and it gave me a dream, and that's why today I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, a teacher, giving back to my community. It's important. We can give the blessing that way. Here's the last part of this plan. Compassion International sponsorship, and then the relational connection that you keep going, and it makes us better, makes them better. Third, you can go there yourself. You can go visit and meet your sponsored child. We're taking mission trips starting in 2019 to Ecuador and the surrounding areas. You can do that. So that's our vision, that you would want to do that, and some of us will be able to do that, to unleash love and compassion where we meet physical needs, spiritual needs, through this church, relational connection through sponsorship, stay in touch, and then go visit and meet if you're able big vision. Today, our focus is to give every single person the opportunity to sponsor a child for $38 a month. And if you're like me, let's kind of, let's get real for a moment. If you're like me, you're a skeptic. (laughs) You've heard, you know, it's just hard not to be in our society. There's so many people who are saying they're doing good things and aren't. And it's easy to be very, very skeptical. uh, And I have been. Uh, you, you see these packets, and you say, how do I know it's not a stock photo off the Internet? You know? or how do I know if I write a letter, it's not like one woman in a back room kind of pretending she's writing letters on behalf of all these kids or something like that? You know, how, 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 can you really write a letter and then read it and all that stuff? Well, let me just tell you, these pics, all of them at every campus, are real kids. I played with many of them this week. The letters are real. The kids are real. And I can stand before you with 100% certainty and tell you that Compassion International is legit. I've been to their headquarters. I've met their leaders. I've talked to them. I've visited. I've been on the ground. I've met the the leadership in South America. We have vetted them more than we've vetted any other organization. And Mountain Vets, everybody we partner with, before we ask you to trust anyone, you can check the financials and do everything yourself. It's all online, very transparent. I would encourage you to do so. They've been doing it for 65 years, and they're doing it well. And I'll tell you this. I went and, and I've been on the ground. I've been on the ground four times there. In fact, the first time I went, I wanted to say, would it be safe to take a family or something? I took my daughter down there. You're saying, Ben, you took your daughter before you knew it was safe? It's like, I got three kids. So, <laughs> it was a safe risk. 
I was blown away. I was blown away. Here, here's a picture of my daughter, Ellie. She sponsored a little girl named Evelyn several years ago. And they formed this relationship. They started writing letters. And like, they wrote a lot of letters. And they developed this relationship. We got to go back. And that relationship got developed. That's when I met Joseph and Kevin, two, two kids that we sponsored then in our family as well. Got to play in the ocean with them. And then when we went back, you can just imagine that relationship blossoming and burgeoning over the years. And Ellie, um, her relationship, they were just like sisters. Just incredible. And, and, and it, just, it just enhanced my appreciation for the organization. So a question might be, Ben, 38 bucks a month. So what percent goes to you? Okay, zero. Okay, no. Nobody at Mountain. Nothing comes to Mountain or to Ben or anybody. It all goes to Compassion International. And here's the cool part. Every, almost every dollar that goes to Compassion International goes right to the kids. They're super effective and efficient. I encourage you to go to their website and check their financials. You'll be very impressed and very, very grateful, and they're very transparent with it. Now, I'll be honest with you. There are some churches who say, we don't do sponsorship. I have pastors who tell me, I don't want to do that at my church. I say, why? They say, well, we're afraid that people are going to get all excited about it, and they're going to sponsor kids, or one or two or three, instead of giving to the church. Here's what we think about that. We believe that mountain people are generous, and that we operate more from a perspective of abundance that God has given rather than scarcity and fear. And that generosity is honored by God always. That's what we believe. And I also believe that the mountain people understand the importance of what mountain is trying to do here. And that it is important to support the ministries. The ministries that we support are the ones that planted these churches. It's the one that does addiction recovery and kids ministry of our own. And I believe people understand that. And I, and I hope you understand that it's important. I would hope that it would be the first gift you'd give. But also, you know what? I, I don't believe... This opportunity is going to drain funds away from this church. I think it's going to prime the pump of generosity, and God will honor that. God will honor that. And I also believe that we can fulfill generosity to our church and that God has enabled many of us to go above and beyond that with generosity to make a huge impact and a life-changing difference in the life of many kids all over the world. Here's what I know. 38 bucks a month will transform a kid's life. It'll give them food. It'll give them, it'll give them education that they won't have. It'll give them access to medical care. A little, little girl I was with this week, she got sponsored this week. She got a little problem with her retina. No big deal, but it's 12 hours away to get care. She, their family can't afford to rent a cab. But she gets sponsored. She can. They'll take care of it. And the best part is it all happens at the local church, and they're getting Jesus. It's the best $38 investment you'll ever make every month. Now, I love hearing the stories of families that are sponsoring because they, they got great, they're, they're, they're like, it does more for us than it does for the kids sometimes that we sponsor. And I, I think that's true. A lot of times, you know, the, the impact it makes on your own kids, for example, it changes their perspective. It broadens your world. A lot of times, this is a spiritual boost to a family. It changes your prayer life. You go to the refrigerators. You set food on the table. You got your kids on the fridge. You remember to pray for them, and you know they're praying for you every single night. It's just a, it's a powerful thing. It can change your family as much as someone else. The only regret I have about sponsorship is that I didn't start sooner, and I didn't write more letters sooner. And if you'd asked me the whole time, well, Ben, don't you care about 18,000 kids dying all over the world? I would have said, of course I do. But I don't, you, know, you don't always know what to do or who to trust. And I'm, I'm just here today to tell you, that's what I love about Compassion International and this opportunity before us today is it is a tangible, trusted 
time-tested way to put your compassion in Jesus' name into action in a way that will make a difference. It'll change a kid's life. It'll change your life. That's what Kevin and Joseph, two of my sponsored kids, taught me. And that is that compassion isn't a feeling where you feel kind of sorry for someone or something. No. Compassion is always an action. It's all, it always emits an action. This is what the Bible tells us in 1 John. John was a guy who, who knew Jesus maybe better than anyone. And here's what he says. 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. It's a different book. Here's what it says. This is how we know what love is. You want to know love? Look at Jesus. That's what he says. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Wow, he gave it all. That's love. And so he goes on to say, so we also ought to lay down our lives for others. That's it. It's like, wow. John, what do you suggest? What does that look like? He gives us an example. Verse 17. I'll tell you what it looks like to love others by laying down your life. He says, if, any, if anyone has material possessions, we'll stop right there. Because most of us, if you're like me, you think, I always think of someone else who has more or how I wish I had more or, you know, something like that. But you've got to remember, anyone who has material possessions, 99.99% of the people hearing me right now, you're raising your hand because that's you. Because you live in the richest country in the history of the world. We have 3% of the kids, 40% of the toys. We, we're, we're doing okay. 85% of Americans, I read the other day, have... have um, 85, 85% of Americans that have a two-car garage can't park both cars in the garage because we have too much stuff. That's me. Car sits in the driveway because all my stuff. Isn't that funny? The truth is most of us could sneeze and come up with $38 a month. It's a few less coffees for some of us. It's, it's one less time eating out. It's, it's, it's one, as you go to the mall, you just don't go to one more store. So if... If, you ha- if any of you have the material possessions, go on to verse 17 then. He says this. And you then see your brother or sister in need but has no pity on them. You don't have compassion. You don't take action. He asks a very hard question that we've got to wrestle with. Here it is. How can the love of God be in that person? If this is what God looks like and what he does, how could it be? So he's not trying to guilt us. I don't think, I don't think he's trying to just, he's just trying to get up in our face and ask a real hard question because it matters. And it matters not only to Joseph and Kevin and Evelyn. It, it matters to you and who you're becoming, what kind of person you are. And also, can I just point out, the problem with poverty is not a problem of God's provision. It's a problem of human distribution. We're clear on this, right? That's the issue. God has already provided all the resources that the world needs. What he's hoping is that some will encounter the love of God and be willing to demonstrate the love of God by distributing what God has blessed us with. And that's why he ends in verse 18 by saying, so dear children, let's not love with words or speech. Don't talk about it. Let's do it with actions. And that's the opportunity we have today to demonstrate the love of God, to unleash love just like Jesus. This past week, I went to Ecuador and... uh, I got to go back and meet Joseph and Kevin. I've never been to their homes. I've met them before, but they came to me. I went to their home. So you're going to see a video. I'm going to go to Joseph's home. I'm going to go to Kevin's home. You're going to also, I'm going to show you some footage of the church that you helped to plant through Amish Love. And I also met Joseph's little sister, Yuli, who kind of stole my heart. And each of us got a surprise out of this last week. Watch the screen. 
I'm excited. <laughs> it is 9.30. We just left and we're going to meet uh, two of our sponsored children, Joseph and Kevin. It's been a couple years since I've had a chance to spend time with the boys. To be with you is just like a dream come true for me. Thank you. Yeah, come introduce me to your family. Which one is your sister? Julie. Nice to meet you. Mucho nice gusto. to meet you. <laughs> this is Miss Carla. Buenos dias. It is so great to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Hola, hola. How are you? Goodness, did you did you help do all this? This is for you. For us? Gracias. This is your room? This is your room? Oh my goodness. This is the Bible that we gave Joseph when we visited two years ago. And, and so here it is on his bed by Teddy. And um, a favorite scripture from Psalm 16:1. Joseph, you said that you, you wanted to be a pastor before. You still want to be a pastor? Joseph, I think you could be a really amazing pastor. Okay, we want to. That's our dream to get Joseph to preach at Mountain Church. There you go. These gifts for you, right here, for your family. Yeah. All right. So I brought you a backpack. It's a little big, but we're gonna make. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, and you be a good brother and share with your sister. Can I give you a gift from our family? This was made with a lot of love. For you? Wow, I am Schwar. Kevin! This is where you sleep. And now, are you finished with school? See? He goes and works in the plantation. Maybe he can show me some of that later. That's awesome. It's what we do when we go to the fields. So this is what Kevin does every day. Yes. It's scary how sharp this is. Right here. And then these pencils are colored pencils for your drawing. You're too smart. You kids are too smart. Hola, amigos. The fish just swam under the log. Can I go higher? Yeah. So what I wanted to tell you, Yuli, is that our family. Um, 
wants to be your sponsor too. Would that be okay if we were your sponsor? I will send you a picture Okay. And I will be praying for your daughter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. <laughs> I like that deal. I'm not sure we're fully understanding the finer points of American football, but close enough. Please send our greetings to I your will. family, to your wife. Yes. Okay, my house is your house. <laughs> Mi casa es su casa. <laughs> okay. okay, bless you. God bless you and take care. I never imagined that I was going to meet my sponsor, my, the, the sponsor of my casa. I was so amazed yesterday when you arrived. I was so happy that I was, I was thinking that I was going to pass out. Thank you for the sacrifice you have made. One of those doors is you. I said, God put a million, million doors in the world for his love to walk through. One of those doors is you. So I had a good week. I would like to give everyone the opportunity to experience some of that and uh, to sponsor a child today and to unleash some compassion. Here's how we're going to do that. We're going to share in communion together now, as we do every week. And uh, as you know, you may know, we pass trays down each row. They have the emblems. Bread and blood of Jesus who gave his life for us. What a perfect link. Jesus gave his all. And here we have an opportunity to also give uh, our all for someone else. Here's how this will work logistically. Right after the communion tray passes you in your row, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're welcome to participate. Uh, you know, no one's under any obligation to do that. Um, if you don't want to, just let it pass by and be prayerful. But as soon as the trays pass by you, then it is your cue. You're free then to get up out of your seat. And I urge you to go to one of these stations in any of our campuses and select a child that you'll sponsor and then return to your seat. That's what we're going to do right now. This is where the rubber of our faith kind of hits the road. So again, for communion, we'll just in a moment, we'll pass these trays, and as soon as the trays go by you, then it's your cue. You can get up at that moment and move to any of these stations, take a child, and return to your seat. When you, when you get back to your seat, what you're going to do is you're going to get a, a card. It'll look like this. It'll have a picture, the name, and all that information right there. 
And you're going to take that card out of this packet. You don't need to worry about a lot of the details there. There's an envelope. You just put that aside. It's got all this kind of information. Don't worry about reading all that right now. The main thing right now is fill out your contact information on the bottom of this. There's a perf down here. There's a contact information. And then your credit card or debit information so that the payment can be made. And that goes straight to Compassion. And then, then important, after you fill it out, tear it off. And then on your way out today, there's buckets out there, and there's kind of people guarding those, and you can safely deposit this in that bucket on your way out today. And the deed will be done, and that's what you need to do. So um, please do not leave here today with one of these packets that has the card still attached. Do not do that. Okay? That's a (laughs) no-no. Here's why. There's only one This is the only packet for Angel Inga Nunez. This is the only packet in the world. You take it and you mean well, but you leave in the backseat of your car, whatever, we've, we've just messed up a kid, so we're not going to do that. Everything gets sponsored right here now or, or, or not at all. Now, if you just like, I, just, I, I, I forgot my credit card number or something like that, and you really want to do this, okay, you just fill out your contact information, and on the other side, you write, pay later. Compassion will initiate it, sponsor the kid, get it all done, and then email you a link, and all you got to do is enter your information. But you're here, you're t- today, get it done, do it today would be my strong encouragement. Do not walk out the door with that card attached. We have security who are armed, and if they see somebody with a card attached, they're going to take you out and take you down, make you pay. All right, so there you go. Don't do that. Something else that's important, uh, you're going to go to one of these stations, and some of you are going to want to go shopping. <laughs> I just say, resist the urge to kind of look at every single face and try to get the one with the same birthday as you or the same dimples as your kids or whatever. Just, you know what? Every child is a child of God who needs a sponsor desperately. And I want you to be able to go directly, whatever kid is in front of you when you get there, just pick, pick one and, 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 and go back. If you get up there to there and you're kind of hovering and you're waiting, then there might be some other people and the line kind of gets jammed up. And I believe lots of people are going to want to do this. They're going to see that. They're going to think, well, maybe I shouldn't get up. It's too long. And then that kid's not going to get sponsored. And then some kid's going to go hungry and you're going to go to hell. So, so I'm just saying, okay, I'm just, I'm exaggerating a little. I'm just saying, uh, just go up directly and, and, and get a kid. Whatever you walk up to, consider it God's assignment, God's divine appointment. That's how I got my kids, and I'm not disappointed at all. Fill it out, tear it off, turn it in. Someone says, well, I want to go get my kids. I want them to experience that with me. We don't have time. I'm sorry. The answer is no. <laughs> Just grab it now and do it. They weren't there when you, you know, conceived their brother or sister. They don't need to be there when you conceive this one, okay? Just forget the kids. Think about these kids. All right, if you have any questions, we've got people out uh, in in, uh, compassion shirts like this or stadia uh, shirts or mountain people, and you can go visit them with any questions you have. No question is the wrong question or a bad question. Uh, If you're struggling, and some of you might be struggling with $38 a month, um, maybe uh, what many are doing is going in with someone else, going in with one or two or maybe even three other people in order to be able to sponsor a child. Or sometimes a small group will sponsor uh, a kid together or a couple of kids together. Uh, many of us have the ability to sponsor a child today. Uh, the only question for some of us is how many? Um, I've talked to one family that said, we have four kids. We're going to sponsor four to represent each of our own kids. Great. You do what works for you. Someone else is like, I already sponsored a kid. I'm going to sponsor another one today. Great. You do what works for you, what, 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 what's possible for you. Um, but we really do have the opportunity to unleash some amazing love today and compassion. Matthew 25 says, it's the words of Jesus, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done for me.
The faces on the walls that we see around the room are the faces of Jesus. So I'm going to pray, and then the servers will come, and they'll begin with communion. And I just want to challenge you. Let God move you how you need to be moved today. Let God move you how you need to be moved. And let's form some cocoons, some cocoons for kids around the world, Ecuador and beyond. Shape a positive future, not just for their life now, but for all eternity. We can do that today. Let's pray, and then we'll share together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to grow in compassion. As we share in communion, we thank you for laying down your life for us. Help us to lay down our lives for others. And I, I just boldly ask that you would move us, move us out of our seats in the name of kids who, who walk miles for water. God, and I pray that you would transform Ecuador and the surrounding areas, that you would transform our church through this. Help it to be a day that makes a difference, not only in the life of a child, but in our lives as well. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we're beginning with communion, I just want to mention here at Mountain Road, uh, these that are up front here on the stairs are children who are from the centers that we sponsor, okay? So the centers that Mountain has, the churches that we planted, these kids are from those centers. So if that's important to you, we would love all of these kids especially to be sure to be sponsored since they're the centers that Mountain has. So as we begin with communion, as soon as the trays are passed, uh, you may begin to move. And we'll bring the house lights up a little bit so we can see. And uh, we'll begin. <laughs> 